Welcome to the Free Birth Podcast, a supportive space for people who are learning, exploring, and celebrating their autonomous choices in childbirth. Together, we'll unpack truths, share personal stories, and claim our ability to birth freely and intuitively. Here's your host, Emily Saldea. on the podcast, we have the beautiful Yoni, who on a whim, pregnant with her second child, journeyed from the mainland to Kauai with her partner to settle in their next chapter of life. She enjoyed a truly autonomous pregnancy with no outside management and practiced deep listening and connectivity with her baby soon to be born. Yoni shares her gorgeous story of birthing wild and free outside in the water under the moon on sacred land. We had just hiked the Pacific Crest Trail and ended up uh, trimming some ganja, actually, in uh, Oregon. And that's where we conceived Bodhi. And it was like, it was just, I was 21 and we had all these wild plans of like going to Asia, then traveling to Europe then going to like Africa. I don't know. We were just going to go wherever the wind took us. And then we got pregnant and we were like, Oh wait, (laughs) Whoa. Now what? Yeah. And nothing um, puts a a hitch in your giddy up like a pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. It was. Um, and it like was definitely a bit of a shock. Um, but we got over it pretty quickly and, um, we're stoked afterwards. Um, and we decided to move back to Georgia to be close to family, which, um, was quite wild because Georgia's the South, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, that we don't have a whole lot of tribe there. We have friends and we have our family and our family is our family, but yeah, no tribe, you know, no, yeah. It, and, um, so my pregnancy with him was spent, I worked at Lowe's in the garden center and just watered flowers for eight hours a day. Wow. That's not <laughs> that too bad. Really wonderful. No, yeah, no, exactly. Um, and I had, um, had a, I had gone to just like a regular OB And they were like, yeah, you might see, you know, 28 doctors within your pregnancy. um, And one of these on this sheet will deliver your baby. And I was like, "Uh, uh, what? No. (laughs) And I was like, there's got to be another option. And so I found a midwifery um, and spent the rest of my time with them. I switched over probably around like 24 weeks or so. um, And I had only seen the regular OB once before that. But yeah, so spent the rest of my pregnancy with him, uh, going to the midwifery and then, uh, sorry, just, just to be, just to be clear, the midwifery that was within a hospital or out of hospital. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They were, this midwifery was, they delivered at a hospital. Uh, the hospital had the lowest C-section rate in the state and was one of the only two hospitals in the state that allowed water births. So for me, it was a beautiful median at the time. We felt we had spoken about having a free birth with him, but didn't feel we had a safe space. 
Oh, we were living. So free birth yeah. was already in your consciousness. It was. Yeah, it was in my consciousness. But my partner was like, no, what if? Mm-hmm. You know, he had like all these what ifs. And then um, we were living in a 36 foot camper on his parents' land. And I just didn't, nowhere in my like visions could I see myself laboring either in the camper or on the land that wasn't, didn't feel like mine or in a house with three other of his siblings. Like I just didn't have a safe place. And so for me to find like this somewhat of an, of a, you know, a median of this hospital that had like the lowest C-section rate, water births allowed, these midwives I was enjoying, I was like, okay, like this is this, this, I can make this what I want to make this. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that was, that was that with him and he, yeah, so he was born in a hospital with midwives and I labored in the tub for a really long time with him. Um, but my body just wanted to deliver him standing up and I ended up having him with my midwife underneath me. Nice. And, um, yeah, it was just a beautiful experience. His name, his name is Bodhi. So he's, you know, light awakening, a teacher. And I think a lot of just his life is just such, oh my gosh, I just don't even know how to word it, but he is a teacher to us in so many ways. And I really believe that my pregnancy with him and my birth with him was such a huge catalyst and such a huge teaching in how Bloom came into this world. Sure. Of course. It's all connected. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you feel leaving that? How did you feel leaving that birth? Um, there, at the time I was elated. I was like, you know, everything went the way it should have. Everything went beautifully. Um, his cord was cut right away. And I feel like I have a little bit of trauma from that, to be honest. For sure. Um, because I remember minutes, like no seconds after he was born and I turned around and I saw in my head just, and well, I saw and in my head, thought that is a perfectly healthy baby. He was Mm. pink. And then my midwife was like, we're going to have to cut the cord right away. He's not breathing. Right. Because for the record, (laughs) babies don't breathe right away. Come on. I know. I know. Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't know. I didn't really think all this through until I read sacred birthing Mm -hmm. later on and just some of the points they brought up. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And so I actually had to heal a little bit of, I feel a little bit of trauma around Bodhi's birth, um, to be able to birth bloom. But it was honestly though, it was a really, really beautiful, you know, experience. Like I was the, I was, uh, one of four women on the ward that night and I was the only one laboring naturally. And so the, the nurses would come in and watch me and they'd be like, you've got this girl, you're a goddess. Like, look at you dancing this beautiful dance. Like, Mm. oh, you were born to do this, you know, and (laughs) it felt so good. Um, and so, yeah, no, it was like a really beautiful experience. But when I got pregnant with bloom, I just knew there had to be more (laughs) for sure. So, I mean, even, even just having your baby cut from you without your consent, without your knowing, and it just mm-hmm. happening, 
Like, Mm -hmm. you know, as a culture, we really underestimate that. I mean, even just that is a really, 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 really big deal and a lot to process. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So you left there being like, that was awesome for the most part. And there's got to be more. And totally. (laughs) So how, how many years apart? When was your next pregnancy? Um, pretty much two years. Exactly. Well, they're okay. So they were born, they're both born on August 2nd. (laughs) Whoa. So (laughs) that's crazy. Yeah. They share share birthdays. So I can only assume they were conceived about the same time and actually out in (laughs) Oregon again on a ganja farm. Bodhi conceived in a tent. Bloom conceived in a van probably. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Nice. How do you wind up in Hawaii? Yeah. So we, I had actually felt a calling to come to the islands, um, before my pregnancy with Bodhi. I think I actually kind of forgot to mention that a little bit. We were thinking of coming to the islands more as like travelers and then it being like a halfway stop to Asia, um, before I got pregnant with Bodhi. And then I, had thought about taking this doula course with him or before I got pregnant with him as well on the islands, like a sacred birthing course. And, um, when I got pregnant with him, I decided not to do that because I needed the money to be able, you know, to have a baby. (laughs) And, um, but I had been in contact with this, uh, woman that lived on the Island and that had a little community and I had always just felt attracted to that space since before I was pregnant with Bodhi. And, when I got pregnant, oh, and I had felt that Bodhi totally wanted to be born on the islands, and we just didn't make it happen. We felt called, I guess, a little more called to be closer to family in Georgia. Mm-hmm. But when we got pregnant with Bloom, we were like, okay, this baby wants to be born on Kauai. We're doing whatever we need to do to get there. Mm-hmm. And we finished up trim season. Road trips from Oregon down to California, sold our van, and had everything lined up to come to this community on Kauai. And then when we were on the way down to California, they were like, hey, it's not going to work out. Oh, no. Right now. And we were like, I was upset about it at first. And then I was like, you know what, babe, like we thrive on uncertainty and <laughs> like we did, we just like had, we just total surrender to totally the, like ju- with everything. Like, I mean, we, people, you know, gone- people who, who do what you do have to be like that. I'm the same way. Yeah. Like you don't, <laughs> people don't like pick up and move to Hawaii or just like go do a trim season or, or just roll to Georgia for a birth. Like that, that, that level of. <laughs> you know, nomadic vibe has to kind of come with trusting and and with the reality of uncertainty. Totally. Because like, it's not always going to go your way and you just have to laugh about it. And like the (laughs) the shadow side to the illusion of certainty in, in like a stable home for the same, you know, for a long time and the same, whatever, Mm -hmm. like the same job, the same, everything that's totally great Mm -hmm. and and wonderful and has a real beautiful, um, groundedness to it as well. And Mm -hmm. I think that lifestyle can trap you in a illusion of certainty, you know, I love that. That's so not real either, which is the beauty and work of free birth, right? That there is no certainty and motherhood. I mean, no one really escapes it. It's life. It's humanity. Yeah. 
totally. So totally. you, so you're like, it's not going to work out, but we're going anyway. Yeah. And I let them know, I was like, we're going to buy our tickets and we'll see you on the Island. Nice. <laughs> so, um, we, I think I was probably about like 19 or 20 weeks at the time we got to the Island. Um, and we bought a car and my, uh, love found a job within 18 hours of our arrival. Oh my gosh. And that is not easy to do in Hawaii. (laughs) No, I was about to say, if anyone knows like what it's like on the islands, like (laughs) be ready to like thrive or be ready to like burn to the ground. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) The energy here is super powerful. And if the islands want you here, they'll let you know. And we just had the biggest, warmest hug from Mama Kauai coming here. And we, you know, felt it was a lot if, yeah, just a lot of the fact that she called a baby, you know, her baby and our baby to be born here on this island, Um, you know, with the wettest mountain of the earth, like literally the wettest place on earth is on this island Mm. it's like the womb space (laughs) of the entire earth (laughs) so being pregnant here on this island was just so magical and just being able to go to the beaches and go swimming and um so I mean, all in, the islands is such a fertile, oh yeah, fertile place. Like all you see on so Maui fertile. is pregnant bellies and babies and <laughs> it's such a fertile place. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And, um, we, so we kind of like, we moved into a regular house and, um, I totally was like, anytime I'd be like, you know what, Ryan, like, I just don't, this isn't, this isn't where Bloom is supposed to be born. Well, I didn't know, I didn't know, um, my, I didn't know her name. I didn't know, Mm -hmm. didn't totally know her gender. I thought I knew her gender. Um, and I was just like, I just don't know if this is where she's supposed to be born. And we just didn't get attached to that house. Just didn't get attached to it. And then finally, after probably about two, three months on the island, we ended up meeting the owners of the community again and ended up slowly making our way in. Mm. And yeah, so we were supposed to be here and we're here now. And um, we have a little uh, hale with a, it's, it's like a school bus built and then um, like a big sunroom built on and she was born outside and, um, yeah, so it's just great that we were able to be here on the Island, but my, to continue just with my pregnancy with bloom, yeah. it was just, it was absolutely magical. It, we, when we were in Oregon, so before we even came to the islands, I was in a new moon sister circle and in this womb meditation that a sister led us into, I felt my womb space fill with just like the brightest light, the brightest love. And I had spirit come to me and whisper, she's coming. Hmm. And I was like, whoa, hold the door. (laughs) (laughs) There's a baby coming. Okay. And I didn't tell my partner. Um, And then when my next moon never came, yeah, I, you know, we just, we took a test and Mm -hmm. found out. And so the entire pregnancy, I was just like, okay, like, I just feel like it's a girl. And if it's not, 
I surrender to like everything I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, the just the just the the divine message was so strong, so strong. And uh, I don't know, she's she's just such a magical magical soul like anytime I would be able to tune in with her, I could just she's the one that when I tuned in about the birth, she's the one that told me that free birth is what she wanted. Hmm. It wasn't even it wasn't even something like yeah, my partner and I wanted this. But as long as my baby's in my arms, I'm going to be content. You know what I mean? And, but it was her that was like, just so, I don't even know. Just like, this is what I want. This is how it's going to go. And we trusted it and we just went with it. Mm -hmm. And I could just envision, there were just little snippets of her birth. I could envision Hmm. that actually ended up coming true too. And So in my pregnancy with her, we, you know, explored, like, we listened to some of the podcasts and one that really stuck out with me actually was, um, Katya's interview. Katya. Yeah. Yeah. And where she just talked about like how much control we surrender when we have, um, you know, midwives or medical providers Mm -hmm. present. And that blew my mind. It blew my mind. I was like, holy shit. Like, I surrendered so much yeah. control to my midwife. And we don't I even realize. It. Yeah, we don't even no, realize yeah. it. Yeah, no realization there at all with, like, the checking I ended up letting her do. And that was just, like, a big um, turning point for me in my pregnancy, too, of being like, okay, I have control. I'm going to be the one in control. And that was just really powerful for me to just start like setting that intention and, and setting that and what's you know, so, space. What's so interesting about that is even if you're giving away control, you're still in control. Like, yes. you know what I mean? Like no matter what, we're making decisions. And so if we're making yeah. decisions to let other people make our decisions, we're still making that right. decision, yeah, but we don't realize it. And so it's kind of this like mm-hmm. infinite loop of self uh, realization, you know, or self-denial, yeah. right. That like, yeah. if, if someone else is quote unquote managing anything about our bodies, mm-hmm. we are deciding that that is, uh, permissible, you know? So it's so interesting because yeah. we don't even realize that part. And I think once we realize that part, like your epiphany, then it's like, Oh, is that actually what feels, you know, most intuitive and most mama bear to me? Right. Yeah. And Um, so I, we just started exploring. I remember at first when I had felt the, or when I felt Bloom tell me that this is what she wanted, I was like kind of scared to tell my partner because I didn't know how he was going to react. Um, but he was like, yeah, this is what she wants. Like we've done it, you know, we've had Bodhi. Like, well, and isn't it kind of what every baby wants? Like every baby wants to be born optimally. Right. Right. Like every baby wants to be born to a healthy woman in her power, because Mm -hmm. inarguably that is optimal for survival, bonding, attachment, contentment, Mm -hmm. you know, so I love that you were tuned into it and 
I would say that you were tuning into like the primal whisper of the universe, <laughs> you know, that yeah. says like birth your baby optimally, birth your baby undisturbed, birth your baby without, you know, ha- gloved hands in your vagina, right. and, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So how did and Ryan take it? Ryan was like, yeah, like this, if this is, you know, like, let's make it happen. And it was still me that had like the doubts was me that was more so like had these doubts and fear a little bit of fear still um and so we would we interviewed like two midwives and um it was funny because in one of the interviews with the midwives we were sitting by the stream in the back of the property and she was like okay so that was like you know that was a good little interview how do you feel about meeting again like in a month or so And then this, but we don't know what fell. I think it may have been a banana, like a banana tree. (laughs) And it just like went, and she goes, oh, I'm feeling, and she just like, couldn't talk for a second. Like she's, she's a very, she's very spiritual. I don't know. She's, she's, she's a really, really cool person. She's a, and I'm sure she's an amazing midwife, but she was like, I don't really know what to do about that right now. She's like, this feels very strange. (laughs) And I was like, what are you feeling? She's like, I'm feeling like this baby does not want anyone to touch her Mm. or any, like do anything. Like she doesn't want me, you know, to take your blood. She doesn't want me to let you pee in a cup for me to check anything. Like, yeah, no. (laughs) And, um, and so that was, that was really interesting. And that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I I just thought it was cool that she, I don't know that she voiced that too, that she voiced that because we went, that's very intuitive and there's a lot of humility in that. And again, no baby wants you to take your blood. (laughs) No, no. And uh, it was, and we were only interviewing these midwives as like a total, like we, we would tell them, we were like, we want to have a free birth. We're going to have a free birth. Like, can you be our emergency backup? With just in in interviewing these midwives, I just still felt that they were like, they were like, yeah, but you know, what if there's a what if she had mentioned that like she could hold space for us just on the land and then not even be there. And but just for her to like be on the land in case. And I was like, no, I don't. I just these in cases, these these what ifs like they're what's holding me back from like completely surrendering to the power of knowing we are capable. And so when I spoke with Ryan about it, he was like, no, we don't need them. We've got this. Like, I don't, yeah, it's just you and I, like, we've got this, we can do this. And hearing my partner say that, like almost in that, well, in that moment, just have more trust Mm -hmm. than I myself did just made me be like, one, I love you. (laughs) Two, you're absolutely right. We've got this. And I just, that I just started, that was another like big turning point for me of just like sinking deeper into just trusting and knowing that this was the most right thing for us to do and for it to bring our baby, you know, beautiful onto earth. (laughs) Um, yeah. So take me to the the time of your birth. Yes. So it was August 1st and we, uh, Ryan's mother was in town 
um, was on island. Uh, she wasn't necessarily, I definitely didn't envision her being at the birth, but it ended, she ended up being there. Um, and she, I really saw her more as like help with postpartum and it was wonderful to have her here. But so she was on Island and morning of the first, we went to town to do like all sorts of errands. And when we were sitting at Costco, I was like, oh my goodness, I have to, we have to leave. Like (laughs) I'm just feeling all these people's energy and it's nothing anyone is doing, but I am just so sensitive right now and we have to go home. And I was also, um, I don't know whether, you know, I, part of me doesn't like to say the whole week's thing. Um, but for the sake of, you know, for the sake of conversation, I feel like sometimes it's like, I don't know, it's easier to say mm-hmm. how far along you are in weeks. Cause it gives some little bit of a reference Context, to yeah. something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was 41 and six mm-hmm. and, um, we had, yeah, just been like trusting that baby was going to come on baby's timing. And well, so I'm for like, sure, what, what else would they, yeah, right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, so we decide to, I'm like, okay, you guys go to the laundromat, drop me back off at home. And Bodhi fell asleep in the car, which was perfect. And then, so we go, we go home, we get to the land and I decide to go lay down and rest. And I'm like not tired enough to sleep. So I close my eyes and start just kind of like having this just meditation, this envision. Uh, a couple of days prior, I had realized that I needed to shift my perspective on this baby's timing. Mm. And I had just been so focused on like, we're ready for you. I'm ready for you, you know, and just like so much of just just me saying I was ready Mm -hmm. and I had just started to kind of shift into this like different perspective of when you're ready. Like when you are ready, we will receive you, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I, and that can start, that can start even, you know, with conscious conception, like for any women who are listening, who are thinking about calling in their babies. Like I remember having that epiphany doing the same thing, all through my first month of calling her in and I knew exactly who it was that I was calling and she's amazing. She's who came. And I, I, that first month I didn't conceive. And when I bled, I was like, wait, what? (laughs) And just so convinced that she would come the second I called. And I had a huge epiphany and release around like, Oh, this isn't about me being like, okay, my, my time, let's go. I'm ready. Come now. It's okay. I am available. I am open. I am, I am receptive. And now it's about being open to her timing. And then I conceived the next week. Um, amazing. So I guess our timing was quite synced up, but, but it was very, you know, even though it was only one month of that, uh, having to sit in that work, it was, um, it really held true the whole pregnancy and then the whole birth process. And, and of course still into mothering. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm glad you talked about that because that really is huge. Just like kind of just changing the perspective a little bit and seeing what other angle you can see it from. And that is a dance. It opens a lot more doors. Yeah. Yeah. That, it's, oh my gosh, it's a beautiful dance. <laughs> yeah, we're just like the cup. Yeah. So, exactly. so you had a beautiful breakthrough around her timing. Yes, and so I was like envisioning. I had this, you know, I was doing this little meditation in my, and I was envisioning like my safe spot Mm -hmm. and my safe spot in my meditations where I go is like this, like big rock in the middle of this, I don't know, like gorgeous blue emerald water with like waterfall, like a waterfall wall all around me and like jungle. And that's where I go in my meditations. And so I can see myself like out of body. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I was. And I had a little like light orb I had my baby soul come down to me and I caught and I caught the orb and I put it on my belly and then we ascended together to the heavens, to the cosmos. There were all these other like light orb, you know, little baby souls floating Mm. up there. And then right as I was there, this song, um, I had been listening to flute music and this song came on. And, um, I have the lyrics written down and I'd love to share them because they were just, I just remember, I just remember in that moment, I was like, whoa, I just had this like beautiful little envisioning and meditation. And now these lyrics are playing. And it said it was, um, you are a child of the moon, a child of the earth, a child of my womb. Hmm. A tree is a child of the sun, a child of a seed, a child of the one growing in wonder. They reach for the sky roots set deep in the ground guide their hearts as they dance their dance on this journey, this stage called life. That's awesome. So that just came on. Yeah. I just like came, I had been listening to flute music, but like that song came on and I'd never even listened to that song. <laughs> like I had, I just, yeah. And then right after like right seconds after those lyrics played and then it goes like into the flute music, my, one of my sisters on the land walks in, goes, Hey, Yoni. And I'm like, Hey. And I tell her about the experience I just had. And she goes, Do you want a massage? Mm. And I'm like, Yeah, I want a massage. So she's massaging me. And then um, Ryan, his mama, and Bodhi come home maybe like an hour later. And I, my phone had been, I think my phone had died in the meantime while Kira was giving me a massage. And when I turned, I had to, um, plug it into the car cause we live off grid. And, um, when they came back and I had my phone turned back on, I'd gotten a message from one of my friends in Oregon, um, who quite possibly is where on their driveway in our van, it's probably where we conceived. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she, said that her daughter goes back to the East coast, um, every summer for a couple of weeks to visit family and that on their daily FaceTime, she had mentioned her daughter's only like six years old, by the way, had asked if I had had my baby yet. And you know, her mom was like, I don't know why and she goes, well, I had a dream <laughs> that Bodie's little sister and my little sister, her mom is pregnant too, um, were swimming in the ocean and a sea turtle came up to Bodie's little sister 
and said, it's time, did a little dance around Bodhi's little sister and said, it's time for you to go meet your family. And that Bodhi's little sister got on the sea turtle's back and the sea turtle brought them to an island Chill. where they were all (laughs) waiting for, yeah, where they were all waiting for the baby. And I was like, what? I don't even know if she knows we live on Kauai. I don't even know if she knows, you know, that turtle, that sea turtles are regarded as sacred here, Mm -hmm. that they're, you know, the guiders of like coming home. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) I, it was just, it was, it was such a beautiful little message. Yeah. Yeah. And then that, so I guess time time is always interesting. And so we had dinner, except I didn't eat dinner. And that was like another sign for me. I was like, wow, I have this meditation. I have this message about sea turtles and my baby (laughs) possibly coming to an island where we're waiting. I I haven't eaten. And then I went to the bathroom and I was like, hmm, not my time of day to go to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Also interesting. Mm -hmm. And um, I went back to our holiday and started having Um, yeah, just these like sensations in my lower abdomen, but they were so much lower and so different than Bodhi's that for a long time, I was kind of in denial about it. Um, they were just like, Bodhi's were slow oncoming and like radiating and then they would fade out. This was just kind of more like a little bit piercing and strong and low. Hmm. And so I was just, you know, I let Ryan know I was having these feelings and I was like, but I don't know if anything's happening. Um, I hadn't lost like my mucus plug or anything. I mean, I'd felt a little bit of change of pressure, like over the weeks I'd been waiting, you know? Um, and I'd felt, you know, just very overly sensitive that day. And then I, I, I ended up going to the bathroom again. And this was at like, it was like, at, like we tried to eat dinner, maybe at, eight, eight thirty. And then I went to the bathroom again at 10 ish. And that's when I messaged everyone on the land. I was like, Hey guys, like, this is what's happening. These are the things that have happened. And I just want to let everyone know, you know, where we're at and that we might be needing, you know, a little bit of, a little bit of help here soon. And my, uh, one of my sisters on the land was like, okay, just so you know, baby number two can come really quick. She was like, Vervain came in, you know, four hours. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's happening tonight. I'm just going to go back to bed. I'm going to rest. And then when I got back to bed within like 15 minutes, I was on hands and knees and like, (laughs) you know, working on like breathing through it. Oh my God. And (laughs) And so I was like, and Ryan had just, before I went to the bathroom, Ryan had just been like, oh, I'm exhausted. Like we need to try to get rest. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> no, I mean, we, luckily we he doesn't have like, to really do anything. So it's fine. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, no, it was totally fine. And so I was like, you know, baby, like, I think I need, I think I'm going to send another message And I'm going to tell, I'm going to ask if anyone is down and willing to come blow, clean and blow up the birth tub. So it's at least outside and there, because I don't know how long this is going to take. I don't know how, how, you know, how fast this could be, 
as a little side note, my mom had my brother, which was her second baby in an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, yeah, maybe genes will like play a part in this. Right. And, um, so I sent a text and I heard some people, you know, arriving to our little space and Ryan grabbed the birth tub and, um, gave it to them to clean and, and, and set up. And at that point I was really having to focus my breath and just like dip further into this. Yeah. This birthing space. I was having those, the waves and the sensations were just so much stronger and so different that I just had to dance with it and figure out what was going to be working for me. Yeah. And it also took a good bit of surrendering from me because I like wanted to, yeah, just like sit and meditate and be able to breathe through them. But that wasn't, that, that (laughs) wasn't my, you know, sitting and breathing through it wasn't my meditation. Totally. And I had to like, but again, right. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the thing. Like, no, I wanted to be peaceful and graceful. Right. (laughs) It's like, no, you have to be primal. And so we, I was trying to uh, like, I put pillows up on the bed and sway, um, kind of like hanging over the pillows. And I tried to put the pillows on top of the changing tables and do that. I tried to like, hang on to my friend, to my friend. Um, I tried to hug Ryan. I tried to be on the birth ball and I started being like, well, what if I walk through the contractions? And so I started, yeah, when I would feel one come on, I would just start walking and the, in the, what was playing in my head was the song. My, one of my sisters on the land would sing to me if she would like massage me. And it was like, it was a song that went like, I'm wide open. I'm trusting my body to carry me through carrying you to me. And that just played in my head over Mm. and over and over Mm. and over. And so I would just, yeah, just through the, 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 the rest of, of the labor with bloom and just like every surge that would come on, that's just what would be playing in my head. And I would walk and rub my belly. And Hmm. I ended up telling Ryan and this had only, we'd only been going for probably like an hour right? and you're like, I've already died a thousand deaths. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I was like, you know what? Like the tub is clean now. I think it needs to be filled up. And this is, this isn't a whole other process. So this is like off grid and we're trying to do a water birth right. and we have, we have hot water, but it's at the shower and it's solar powered with a pump mm-hmm. and it has like it's the pump is solar powered and then it has like a water heater. Yeah. This like tankless water heater that runs off propane, but that doesn't reach to our house. So what we had was like the heating element of one of those tankless water heaters on top of a rocket stove that has fire going in it. And we had enough pressure coming out of our hose to not have to have a pump. And so we were pretty, yeah, we had like hot water by fire, mm-hmm. but not by boiling water in pots and right. having to like transfer it to the tub. <laughs> I know that's probably a lot, but the person on the land that thought of this, I just, he is high and mighty and I thank him totally for having gotten us hot water. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And so 
uh, Ryan is trying to get the fire going to be able to get water into the tub, hot water into the tub. And mid, you know, mid surge, I hear the water come on and a pipe just go. Uh oh. And I hear one of the other people on the land go, bro, you just melted the hose. <gasps> no! <laughs> so I heard Ryan scuffle off and um, I assumed to go, you know, try to find another hose or talk to the handyman that knows how to do everything. And I had been laboring in the bus and decided that I needed more space. I wanted to be able, because I had been walking through the surges, I wanted to be able to walk a longer length. And so I had, um, I moved the Chuck's pads from the inside of the bus to like outside of like over by our sunroom and um, just, and had been just walking like lengthways as long as I could of the checks pads, like up and down one way during my surges. And I walked past the back door at one point and saw the water level of the tub. And it, it was just beckoning me. Absolutely. <laughs> just like get in here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so I opened the back door and I was like, what's the temperature? I want to get in. And they were like, we don't know the temperature. We compromised the thermometer. And I was like, what does that mean? (laughs) And I guess they had tried to, uh, instead of like boiling water and dipping the thermometer into the boiling water, they boiled the water with the thermometer in it. Mm. (laughs) Well, the good thing is you have a hand. Totally. You know, like I've never used a thermometer at a birth ever because you could just. I think we just had. Yeah, we had one and it had like it was like this fun turtle floaty thing. And I was (laughs) like, you know, I don't know. And so, yeah, I went out there and I was like, I don't care about the thermometer. And I put my hand in and I was like, this feels absolutely divinely perfect. And I'm getting in. And they were like, okay. And so I had like two I had two waves and then um, it just felt so good to have the water there. And it was interesting because with my both with my birth with Bodhi, I would, I labored in the tub for such a long time, but with every contraction would stand up out of the tub. Mm. And with, um, with Bloom, I was able to just like on hands and knees or just hanging over, just be able to just sway and let the water kind of like come over my back a little bit and was able to stay in the water. And after, yeah, like two surges of being in the water, my uh, friend, land sister was like, you know, we're going to give you guys space. We're going to clear out. And there was only, it was only her and then Rob and Scotty and they had helped set up the tub and helped keep a fire going for like the hour (laughs) that this had been going on. And I guess after maybe, maybe like two hours at this point, maybe even a little bit more, but I remember as they like, right after they left, I just remember having this feeling of, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Mm. (laughs) And that totally rang a bell in my head. Like Mm -hmm. you felt this, you, you know, this, you know, this feeling. And I remember just like, I just find this funny. I just had these, these two thoughts like come in and out 
really quickly. And it was just like me questioning, like what that midwife down the road that we didn't hire could possibly do for me at that moment. And then also like, what about that epidural at the hospital? And I was like, ha funny, like funny that this is even coming to your brain. right yeah. now. Like, like it was just funny that my, yeah, I just, I was trying to think of these other options, but like, I right. they no, it's like, save like, me. <laughs> Can anyone do this for me? Can, is there any yeah, saving yeah. to be had here? Totally. <laughs> And it was like, I like swirled to the other edge of the tub where Ryan was sitting outside of. And I was like, and I didn't say the words can't because I knew I could because I've, I'd had Bodhi before. And I was just like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. <laughs> and then the, with the next surge, I reached in and could feel her head. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> confirmed. Confirmed. I know why I'm having these feelings. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm there. I'm going to meet my baby. And I told Ryan, I was like, Ryan, I can feel her head. Like I'm like, my body's going to want to start pushing soon. And he goes, what? (laughs) So soon. And he was like, fuck, I got to pee. And then like, (laughs) and and then, and then like looks and goes, shit, the ground's on fire. (gasps) What? (laughs) Like where the one, like where we had had the fire on the rocket stove to heat the water in the tub, there was just like some leaves on the ground and they caught on fire. So he's like. So I'm like here in my blissful bubble, like, oh, I can feel my baby's head. Like, okay, I got to, d- d- you know, mm-hmm. just sink down a little deeper. I got to get ready. And he's like, uh, pee first or fire first or my oh, wife first. Like, my what gosh. <laughs> so anyways, he puts out the, puts out the little bit of fire that's there, goes to pee <laughs> and ends up like, and it was, it's amazing. It's so much fun to hear him tell the story too, because, um, he was able to like really witness it this time around. Whereas Mm. with Bodhi, you know, there were like nurses around and Mm. midwives around and like, he didn't feel like he properly had a place, Yeah, but he was like, you know, able to be like, wow, like, (laughs) okay. Like I see, you know, I see your, I see that you're bulging and like, (laughs) oh wow. And there's her head, you know? And Mm. so, but so I had reached in and could feel her head. And I think the next surge after that, I like looked up at the moon and I said, moon, mother earth, like my ancestors, anyone that's birthed before me, any, any women that are birthing right now, like, please come together and help me meet my baby within the next two waves. And I think it ended up being more like three or four, but I, oh man, things just started getting so primal. Like my roar has got so much louder and I'm sure everyone on the lands could hear. And mm-hmm. with every, with every wave, I had my hands inside, just like feeling her descend. Hmm. And I remember kind of feeling like that. I couldn't really, I was like, wow, like I really feel like I can't stretch anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I really don't feel, I didn't, I couldn't really remember having that feeling with Bodhi. Like, I feel like it just happened, but with bloom, I was actually kind of like helping whether that was beneficial or not. I mean, that's just what I did in that moment and felt right. But just like inside, just like kind of helping me open just a little bit as her head was coming down. I just wanted to meet her so bad. And anything, anything that you're doing with your instincts is right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it felt, it was like, this is just what I want to be doing. I want to have, you know, my hand inside and I want to feel, and I want to help her come out. And so I was like, kind of on my, I was on my hands and knees and, 
was able to feel her start coming out. And Mm -hmm. then I guess she must have, yeah, in the water, you know, turned and gotten face up and I lifted her out of the water. And in that moment of like, you know, feeling her and kind of guiding her and then guiding her to where I could see her face and then guiding her up out of the water was exactly, exactly how I had when I would tune in with my baby about how the birth would go. That's what I would see. Mm. I would see, you know, that exact movement of like, yeah, bringing this tiny little blue eyed, brown haired human out of the water and only my partner being there with me. And Bodhi was asleep outside or inside. And uh, Ryan's mom had been like caressing his back because he had started wrestling a little bit. But yeah, so she was in there with him and it, and that's exactly how it played and that I just trusted how it was all going to go because that's how it went and just trusting myself. And it was just such a beautiful, magical experience. And I, and when I got her out of the water, I, you know, immediately, I, oh, it was funny because Ryan's mom ended up coming out and was like, is it a boy or a girl? And I was like, I don't even care yet. <laughs> Although I had, you know, so strongly felt it was a girl and Mm -hmm. then I did like turn her over and her cord was wrapped around like her leg a little bit. And I, you know, opened up her legs and saw it was a girl. And I just immediately said like, welcome Bloom. I knew that was, we knew that was going to be her name. Mm -hmm. Oh, it was just such a blissful love bubble to know that. Yeah. So it ended up being like three hours and 10 minutes total. And it was just intense and powerful, but like easy at the same time, Mm -hmm. you know, and just so perfectly, perfectly played out the way it was supposed to go. Well, that's the thing when you're, when you are really in your birth, when you're present inside of it and when you are allies to it, it -hmm. can get as big as as the whole universe, but, but we're Mm -hmm. so, um, protected, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and so that's, I think a lot of people think, oh, pain equals bad, you know, but pain also can equal big and pain, you know, pain can equal power and to be, you know, this little like drop in the ocean of, of the universe birthing another, another soul into this universe. It's like, there's, literally nothing more connected and, um, profoundly big, you know? And and so Mm -hmm. I love that you mentioned like, can I even stretch it even more? Because that is, that is womanhood. That is motherhood, you know, like, can I, can I, and then you do, and you do again and again and again. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. 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 It was. And what about, what about your placenta? My placenta? Um, so I ended up being like, in the tub, I was like, oh, I should probably get out of the tub to deliver the placenta because with Bodhi, I remember my placenta came. So they, I mean, when they cut the cord and brought him and did whatever they, they felt needed to be done to him, my placenta came out before he was back on my chest. And I know that he was back, he was on my chest within like four minutes, Mm -hmm. like I, or even, even quicker. Um, and so I was like, oh, I should probably get out of the tub and like get somewhere where I feel like I'm I'm grounded and not shaky or anything and be yeah. able to birth the placenta. And so I made it to um, 
I made it to like the living room and was just like kind of crouched over this like stainless steel bowl holding bloom in my arms and just like just witnessing her in all of her beauty. And, um, so I birth ended up birthing the placenta in the tub and, or not in the tub, sorry, in the bowl. And then we ended up, um, getting into bed and we felt, we really felt that bloom wanted, uh, a lotus birth. And we just, I, I guess we just weren't prepared enough in preparation. Um, because after the birth, we were just like, wow, we're so tired. Now what? Mm. <laughs> like, and, um, we just like questioned whether being in the tropics with, you know, like living more outside than inside would be of totally. any hindrance to like the, you know, drying process. Mm-hmm. And then I felt like bloom was okay with us doing like half and half where like, and that was a really interesting, um, yeah, just like idea that I had come across was, yeah, just like cutting the placenta and half and doing like half of that Lotus birth and then half of, um, like the encapsulation process. And so that you're still leaving at least half attached to baby. Um, but even that was like, okay. But that's the same issue. Right. No. Yeah, exactly. It was still like, okay. So it's just less of it. (laughs) Yeah. It's just half of it. So, and then, so, but it was kind of like, so for the next like two or three hours, it's kind of like one of those, I don't know, psychedelic trips where you like, okay, so what are we going to do? Yeah. You okay, just so circling, and just then circling like, totally. And then like, like we had a plan, know, right? What comes. was the plan? Yeah, we oh wait, plan. no, we, we have a plan. plan. Okay. We know what we're doing. <laughs> and then like, oh, what did the phone say? What did, what did you research? Okay. Okay. And then like 30 minutes later, okay, so what are we doing? Right. And it's just like, just, just like, high as yeah, fuck. Just this, yeah, just this circle of like, just going nowhere with mm-hmm. our decision. And I, we, you know, we spoke to Bloom and we were like, Bloom, like, we are so happy that you are here. We are so just like in love with you and, you know, life right now. And we really don't want to have to, you know, just think all these things through and, we just spoke with her and said that we were going to leave it on for, um, four hours. And then we were going to try to burn through the cord. But even that we had, we were quite unprepared for, we ended up finding like, um, maybe like six inch piece of hemp wick. (laughs) And so we like tried to get through, tried to burn through it with the hemp wick. And then it did it that we ended up burning through the hemp wick and then had like candles, but the candles would have really needed to have been like long and slender candles, not like thick and stout. Mm -hmm. And so we had, um, we, well, you probably know we had like tea leaves, um, covering like for the people that are listening, they're just like, they're on the islands, they grow everywhere, but there are these big, like elongated leaves and we had that as a heat barrier covering her and like part of Ryan because she was laying on Ryan and I was the <laughs> that, one. That's nice. We just used a beer cardboard box. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yours sounds a lot more romantic. <laughs> it was. It was like, okay, let's go pick some tea leaves totally. outside of our house. Um, but then, so we were like, it was just taking such a long time. And then the way that 
just we just because we had like a short stout candle it started dripping wax on Ryan yeah and I was like okay like no yeah all right we tried this you know and then we just spoke with Bloom like okay you know we're trying to do this the most gentle way possible (laughs) um but it's time you know it's time for you to come to earth just be of earth and be of ours and we're gonna disconnect you from you know and how'd you do it tree of life we ended up just tying it with a string and then we had sterilized uh, Ryan had gone to just like quickly boil scissors mm-hmm. and then just like cut through the rest of it. Um, and then we ended up. So you did every um, single way. <laughs> yeah, for real. Like seriously, just like, like this in the is your Lotus chapter. This is your burning chapter yeah. <laughs> and this is your cutting chapter. That's great. Oh my gosh. And, um, we ended up encapsulating it and, um, my one of the sisters on the land um ended up doing it for me and her daughter who's turning six in September was helping and like massaging you know the blood clots out of it and um yeah and I ended up painting my drum like my shaman medicine drum with the blood hell yeah and that was really cool and giving everyone blood bendies that was around that day Mm -hmm. I was like who wants blood on your third eye there you go (laughs) And, um, yeah, so they helped me do that and, um, we're drying her umbilical cord to be able to make a dream catcher out of and for her to have later in life. (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. How do you feel now? You're two weeks postpartum. Two weeks. I feel really great. Um, I feel the recovery was just as fast. I think my body heals just really, really quickly. And it's just always been a thing. So by like, gosh, by like day four, I didn't have soreness anymore um, and wasn't bleeding much at all. I pretty much have been like free, free bleeding too for the most, most of it. I don't really like having to wear underwear or pads or anything. I'd rather just like feel something in between my legs and go run out, you know, go run outside or go run to the kitchen and just wash it off. Mm -hmm. Then have to do more laundry than, you know, Mm -hmm. like, (laughs) um, and I'm, yeah, I'm just feeling good. Papa's still home for now. And we took bloom. We put her feet on the earth for the first time. I think like three days ago, three Hmm. or four days ago, had a little ceremony, made a little mandala out of flowers. And we ended up taking her to, um, one of the beaches too. And then we went back to the beach with her yesterday and she just loves it. And Mm. so slowly, but surely, you know, I've, so I've left the land now twice, um, but waited two weeks and it's just like this island's too beautiful to just stay. Yeah. I had the same experience. Your little piece of land yeah like, although our other land we live on is just you know magical and it's a food forest and there's palm trees and bananas and big mangoes and a stream it's like it's beautiful but it's still like where you live and mm-hmm. where you go to sleep and where you eat you know totally. and I was just like so right re- I think with Bodhi too it was two weeks when we went out with him to you know the river where I spent a lot of my pregnancy well and I think and it's so- super different if you're like living in Los Angeles and your outing totally. is to drive 45 minutes in bumper to bumper aggressive yeah. traffic to go to Target, to go to the pediatrician, to go to the yeah. grocery store. Yeah. I mean, that sounds hellish. But yeah, <laughs> when you have the the privilege, you know, of 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 
your outings being nurturing and nature based, yeah. it yeah. I, it feels very different. I, I had a similar, yeah. I was like, I'm thinking I would do 40 days. And after, yeah. I think I really made myself wait about four weeks. Um, you know, but, but again, like we were on land, not, not right. as much as it sounds like you are, but you know, we were able to like be outside and lay in the grass and, and you know, yeah. feel the sun on our face and all of that. So yeah. that felt really good. But eventually I was like, wait, why am I tripping about just walking in the forest or going to the beach? Like that doesn't, right? that's not a part of this whole 40 days, you know, no stress, no totally. overwhelm. Like that's super nourish- nourishing to me. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. And the beach was totally nurturing to bloom. It was amazing. Like she, she was just totally passed out, blissed out. <laughs> in this like deep, deep sleep for a long time. And when she woke up, it was like the most awake she's been Mm. like, she's with the elements. Yeah. Oh yeah. And she's just like, you know, mom spent her pregnancy by the ocean. Exactly. I was born in the water and like, this is home. It's a happy baby (laughs) outside, outside just, you know? Yeah. So she really loves it. And Bodhi loves her so much. It's been a beautiful experience watching him blossom as well. And he like, we'll just come over to her randomly and give her kisses on the head and ask if she's okay, if she's crying and <laughs> like mention like whether or not she's awake. Um, Cute. But yeah, born on the same, you know, born on the same day to two years apart. That so is wild. Sort of beautiful connection. Yeah, yeah. that is wild. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. It's it's refreshing to hear these wild stories and um and just how you fully embraced it and just and yeah. just went into it and welcomed it and dealt with it and and you know, let it really be its most epic formation, really. Like you don't yeah. you don't get more um you don't get more perfect and tuned in and, uh, you know, what's the right word, just connected and just yeah. the surrender and the lessons and yeah, awareness and yeah. just such a gift most you powerful, gave your family. Just most powerful, epic thing I've definitely ever done. And the most right feeling mm-hmm. too. Just absolutely no doubt in my mind afterwards that if I have any other babies that they will be born <laughs> freely with just my partner and my babies mm-hmm. and, you know, yeah, just us, just us as a family, just welcoming our newest addition. Yeah. I mean, it's the natural dragger. way. Like it's, it's, yeah, I know that way. that's confronting for people, but like, that is what tigers do. That is what bears do. That yeah. is what we have done until very, 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 very recently. It is, yeah. it is the way of nature, you know, to be private and undisturbed and quiet and with the elements and, you know, being, being connected to outside or even being outside. Um, that's, I mean, being just with your family, like family birth is, it's as good as it gets. Yeah, it really was. And even for your partner, really like was. you speaking to, you know, that Ryan felt like he played such a, um, you know, a bigger role for himself and getting yeah, to be yeah. the person holding with you, um, you know, instead mm-hmm. of a bunch of other people that you don't even know and are never going to see right. again. Right. Yeah, totally. Awesome. Yeah, it was a very empowering experience for him, too. I loved that song you sang. That was really pretty. Oh, yeah. That's it. Like, honestly, it helps me through the entire thing. It was just so just like constantly on 
on in my brain. And I'm glad I was able to share that too, because I don't know, I hope I love mantras and mm-hmm. they definitely helped me with Bodhi. Oh, but yeah. this one was just like, I just want to share it with the world. I don't know. There's like, it's so much fun being on the islands because there's like so many beautiful, beautiful people and so many doulas too. And mm-hmm. so like, there's so many fun songs that got taught to me that hmm. I really, really used during my, just during my pregnancy too. Not even just like the birth, but it's just so fun to hear. Yeah. Just like medicine songs of other people, you know, and I'm just really glad my friend Taylor was able to share that mm-hmm. with me because it just played such a, such a great, great, great thing for my, for my labor with bloom. Totally. I mean my, yeah, this, the song I shared it in my episode, there was a song for me that was my turning point like that more than anything, any support anyone gave me or, um, anything in my birth, it was one particular song that shifted everything, Mm. you know, for me. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's songs are so powerful, so powerful music. Yeah. Any, any form of it. Just amazing. All right, girlfriend. Thank you so much for sharing. That was such a beautiful, beautiful tale. Thank you. It was so nice time with you, Emily. Yeah, you too. All right. Bye. (laughs) Bye, darling. That's it for today, everyone. Join us next week for another episode of the Free Birth Podcast. Thanks for joining us. And remember, your body, your choice. Lots of love.